Well, hey, everyone, and welcome to episode number 78 of The Other Six Podcast. My name is Chad Boak, and I am your host. Joining me once again in the studio, my co-host, our worship pastor, the man who always wears two pairs of pants when he plays golf in case he gets a hole-in-one, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Matt Collins. Matt, how are you, sir? <laughs> how do you come up with these? <laughs> Just, you just, just sit around and think. Of I, them. I, I th- yes, absolutely. Just, just for you, buddy. Like you did the drum roll the last couple oh, of weeks. Sorry. I didn't get the drum roll that time. It's okay though. Yeah. Also joining us sorry in the studio once again, our lead pastor Adam Bishop. Adam, how are you, sir? I'm good. I missed y'all last week. We I'm missed happy you to as be well. Back. Yeah. So shout out to Mike Hale. I was going to say, church. yeah, he made a hole in one yeah. last week. He yeah. did in golf. So yeah. yeah, I saw that on I, Facebook. I did as well. I sent him a text. I said, now question was, were there any witnesses there with you? Because like, I, thought, I, I can't think of like how terrible would it be if you get a hole in one right. and there's no, no one, one there it. to watch yeah. right so he said he had three witnesses to corroborate the story so okay. shout out to All mike right. hell he go. is a uh a faithful listener of the podcast and <laughs> good so job, mike, mike. good and job a, buddy. And a wonderful human being <laughs> absolutely so, yeah. to make a hole in one that's awesome so yeah. i have to ask the question though have you ever had like a hole in your pants like in an embarrassing embarrassing situation and you didn't have a change of pants with you like what <laughs> yeah. did you do did anybody run into that situation oh, in life yeah. yeah okay i mean t- typically it's mine just kinda... was in elementary school okay so well let's hear mine was like counseling later. Were yeah, you was, a student or an no, adult? No, I was leading worship. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah, no. we probably should not tell that story. <laughs> I just took some gaff tape. It was, gaff black, gaff black, tape. It was black pants. Go. Black gaff tape. We were good. That's okay. Really good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, maybe once or twice in life, I think normally I was able just to kind of, you know, conceal. So yeah, I, I was I split okay. my pants right down the middle in the oh, third grade. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So and that was in the 80s when you couldn't get a hold of your parents. So you just had to like suck it up <laughs> that's right. and deal with it the rest of the day and, and it withstand all of the teasing. So Adam's that's how yeah. kids were raised in the 80s. Adam's parents pick up the phone. It's like, you have a call from mom, dad, I just ripped my pants. <laughs> Do you accept the charges? You know? Nah, he'll be fine. Yeah, it's fine. He'll no it duct tape anywhere. That's that's right. Uh, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> they plan on sharing that story today, but anyway, <laughs> well, your puns—they never yeah. know where they'll get us. I'm, I'm, I'm here to help. Well, so before we get to uh, kind of this past week and our weekends and all that, Adam, we did miss you last week. Yeah. Uh, but you were busy serving a lot of other pastors. Yeah. Uh, down in Orlando, so I want to talk about that a little bit. We went to the Magic Kingdom I was and we all walked <laughs> around, <laughs> and it was awesome. Hung out at Mickey's yeah. house. Yeah. Mickey's yeah. house the whole time. No, yeah. uh, Orlando is a beautiful place. We we did not do any of the theme parks. Um, so there's a conference that happens down there every year. It's been happening for years. The story behind the conference is actually pretty cool, but okay. I don't have time to get into all that. It's called Exponential. Okay. And um, there's several thousand pastors that come. I think it's five or 6,000 pastors. That is a big conference. And ministry leaders you yeah. know, from all over the world, uh, really, in every time zone. And it's hosted at First Baptist Orlando, which is a, mm. a gigantic campus. And so um, I serve with an organization called Courageous Pastors. Okay. Mm-hmm. And the founder and CEO of the organization, Sean Lovejoy, preached here. He's been last here before. Year. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, friend of Vaughn Forrest. Love Sean. Yeah. There you go. So uh, over a decade ago, I served on Sean's team. Okay. He pastored a church called Mountain Lake Church uh, right outside Atlanta, Georgia, in Forsyth County. Okay. The town is called Cumming. He planted that church. That's where Jacob was born. So oh, Jacob wow. was born okay. there while we lived there. And Sean started. He handed off the church he planted. There were about 2,500, 3,000 people when he handed it off and um, started this organization seven or eight years ago. And really from the beginning, um, I've been a part of it. Just he asked me, you know, hey, would you be willing to help me kind of get this thing off the ground and running? And um, when I worked for Sean, he he was amazing at helping me not just learn how to be a better pastor, but how to be a better dad, yeah, how to be yeah, a better yeah. husband, how to be a better friend, right? Um, how to get in shape. Like he was the uh, <laughs> one I was like, I think I need to pay for a physical trainer. And he's like, <laughs> yes. <And> so, uh, <laughs> yes, man. <laughs> he's just been a really good friend and mentor in my life. And so Fast forward all these years later, we coach now 78 pastors on wow. in every time really? zone. Yeah, we're not coaching wow. any pastors overseas. Um, we tried that in a couple of times, and it just the time. I tried to coach a guy in New Zealand one time. It's a little challenging. <laughs> yeah, like 3 o'clock so, uh, in the morning. Yeah. So that, we don't do that anymore. So I'm, you know, we coach 78. I'm personally coach three. Okay. So we've got a team of about 20 of us. And so the, the goal is one-on-one coaching. Um, and we, I mean, every denomination, every size church, you know, right. all the things. So at this conference, our Courageous Pastors, Courageous Pastors organization, we teach workshops where they can break out, you know, and choose. So we had yeah, like yeah, five yeah. or six work, workshops. And so we had about 300 pastors in each of our workshops. Oh, and wow. so 
when we would teach these pastors, uh, we were teaching them. I basically got up there one day and I said, I'm going to give you Vaughn Forest Church's uh, playbook. Okay. So this is our playbook. <laughs> yeah. you know, this is how we plan things. This is how we you know, try to go about reaching our community and making disciples and sure. you know focusing on the next generation and adult ministries. And this is, uh, we talked about weathering life storms. We talked about life groups and mm-hmm. we, we just talk about uh, Discover Vaughn Forest. Right. But, yeah. And basically what I said was, I'm giving you our playbook and my only request is if you run the plays and they're better, you have to come back and tell us right. <laughs> so yeah, you yeah, can yeah. help us get better too. Yeah. And so the principle there is learn and return, yeah. that this is Jesus's church. And anytime something's happening in your church that you can share with the kingdom at large, you share it. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so, um, you know, I'm not, we're not getting paid to be down there. Like we're, we're paying to be down there. Right, yeah. And by saying we're paying to be down there, Vaughn Forrest is paying for me to be down there, which right. is why I talked about this in our generosity moment in our service, because you know, a lot of times we think, how can we reach the nations? And right. and we're we're really committed to that. So yeah, we, we we go to a lot of different places, but every now and then God gives us an opportunity where He brings the nations to us. Right. Yeah. And then Vaughn Forrest is you know such a great church that they will send me for five days, and you guys obviously you know. Th- I think the church grew while I was out of town. So like, it's not like I'm really needed around here um, during the week. And, um, and I'm able to minister. And like I said, we had pastors in there from uh, Denmark, South Africa, Australia, New Zealand, um, on top of, you know, pastors from all over the country. And so, you know, we've done this for several years in a row. And I will tell you that this year just felt different. Hmm. You know, I don't know if it's if it's the Asbury effect. I don't know what it is, sure. but there's a lot of people kind of leaning up on the balls of their feet, kind of ready to you know let let's go. It's time yeah. to advance the kingdom That's and awesome. um, just looking for good tools and resources and equipping and encouragement to do that. And so yeah, it was it was an exhausting week, but <laughs> yeah. it was a, a really rewarding week. Yeah. And I'm grateful to our church family for allowing me to to make that investment. And I think it's a I think it's an encouragement. I mean, you're part of the Vaughn Forest Church family. Um, when you give, you know, just know, like Philippians, Paul says, hey, that you're going to get credit for that. Like right. we're going to talk about that here in a few weeks, like in a, in a generosity moment. But it's credited to your account is what mm-hmm. Paul said. Okay. So if you've given to Vaughn Forest Church, last week was credited <laughs> to your go. account yeah. Yeah. with a global impact, Isn't that which cool? is kind of cool to think about how that, God's yeah. economy works. Yeah. And so, yeah, it was a very um, rewarding week, and I was grateful to get be part of it. Yeah, yeah. you know, we kind of joke about the theme parks, but I mean, you told me your schedule at this thing. I mean, it's like up early, go into a late meeting with all these pastors. So how cool that you get to do that. That's yeah. uh, really Yeah, incredible. and then obviously for me, I mean, the guys I'm there with that also coach pastors, yeah. I mean, there were several times that one of them would just be talking and I would pull out my phone and start taking notes. Right, <laughs> I'm yeah. like, hey, repeat that. So we learn from each other. One yeah. of the coaches um, is actually going to be teaching here in a few weeks at Von Forest. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah, okay. Another pastor that I'm close to and um, he's going to be here teaching. And so we got to hear from Nick yeah. uh, this past Sunday. We'll get to hear from someone else um, here in a few weeks. And so... Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was yeah. it was a lot of fun. So one of the things I love that you said there is you were talking about how like hey the the learn and return you know share the playbook and it really goes back to one of the things we value very highly here at Vaughn Forest Church which is cooperation you know it's not our church versus like man this is a kingdom yeah. effort and kingdom I, I love that you get to illustrate that that we get to see that you know in things like this yeah, yeah. two weeks before that did, I don't know did I talk about being with Chris Hodges on our podcast no I, I can't don't remember think if so. I did so a few weeks before that I was with Chris Hodges. Um, for a day, and I'd never really spent time um, with him. And I mean, lead I lead pastor of yeah, Highlands Church, Church of the Highlands, yep. and we've got Highlands, a campus Church right around the campus, uh, right around the corner from us. I was super challenged, hmm. um, <laughs> just in my own walk with the Lord. And um, and I and I and I told him, I said, you know, uh, when Highlands started a campus in Montgomery, I think it's one of the best things that's ever happened mm-hmm. in our mm-hmm. capital because he's up in Birmingham, and yeah. so he cares deeply about the state and. There's a lot of people that um, are being reached here in this community, and I just said thank you, you know, because we we need Church of the Highlands, we need First Baptist Montgomery, we need Century Church, we need Taylor Road. You know, if all of our churches were at maximum capacity this Sunday compared to the generation, I mean, to the population at large, we're still a drop in the bucket. That's right. The amount of lost people in the river region. And so Mm -hmm. we need as many churches as possible advancing the gospel message. Um, And then some of the secondary issues that we may not see eye to eye on, we'll set those aside because we all, we do see eye to eye on salvation through Jesus Christ Mm -hmm. and um, eternal life um, by Jesus, the way, the truth and life. And so, yeah, it's been a kind of a fun uh, kingdom impact season for me. 
uh, on behalf of Vaughn Forrest. Yes. And so, yes, I'm glad you brought that up. That is definitely at our one of our core values, yeah. how we how we just see the kingdom and our yeah. role in it. Yeah, yeah. that's really cool. Yeah. Well, so fantastic week, but then I kind of want to talk about the weekend. What, gentlemen, what, what did you guys get up to? Uh, Matt, start with you, buddy. Uh, we had Dee's parents in town, and I had my mom and my stepdad in, so okay. they just kind of lined up. We Big family out. weekend. Big family weekend. Yeah. Uh, sorry, neighbors. We got a you know a little loud <laughs> party at the Collins. I, w- house, I wondered so. what that was. I heard that around the corner. <laughs> they yeah. call the cops on <laughs> you. No. Okay. That's good. No. They actually came over. There yeah. you go. <laughs> they had a party as well. <laughs> I like that. Well, good. Yeah. No. So yeah, we just hung out, uh, cooked some food, played some games. So it was good. Good deal. What'd you do? Well, so Christy and I celebrated our 17th wedding Let's anniversary go. on hey. Saturday. Yep. Happy anniversary. So yeah. So we got uh, we went out uh, Friday night. Went and got dinner, and uh, it was so y'all. If y'all see Christy, congratulate her on 17 years of putting up with me. <laughs> well, that's the truth. It's yeah, an yeah. accomplishment. That's yeah. True. yeah. And uh, and then on so in in our family we have a lot of March birthdays and so we went over and celebrated with her parents all a bunch of the March birthdays Saturday night and then uh, and then yeah so it was a, it was a pretty pretty good weekend enjoyed it nice weather until up until Sunday morning but you know but yeah. even then it wasn't too bad it wasn't Sunday morning too bad. but how about you what'd you get up to yeah so Nick who we're gonna talk about here in a second who shared on Sunday uh, Nick and his wife Laura and their three kids came over for dinner Saturday night yeah so that was fun um, Nick and Laura and Morgan and I have been friends for a very very long time but <laughs> we we were close you know we were married for seven years before sam was born and so okay. mm-hmm. you know that would have been the season of our life that we were spending the majority of our time with nick and laura and sure. then ministry has taken us mm-hmm. different parts of the country and um we we've both had three kids since so mm-hmm. our kids had never met each other <laughs> that's funny. so that's kind of cool yeah. we were able to hang out and for our kids to get to know each other and uh, they got a kick out of just hearing us tell stories. Yeah, yeah. They're like, "Tell us another one," you know. And so our wives are like, "Don't tell that one," you know. Isn't so. it amazing how like you talk to your kids, you tell them these stories, they're like, "When did you become fun?" Yeah, it's like you yeah. have no idea yeah, how yeah, fun yeah. I was until yeah, you came along. Anyway. Yeah, we have all kinds of stories, yeah, and so, exactly. um, so that was that was a lot of fun just to, get to spend some time with them Saturday night. <laughs> well, good. Well, yeah. Well, it, well, it was a great Sunday here at Vaughn Forest, and in in large part due to Nick being here. Nick, a very longtime friend of Vaughn Forest, you know, folks probably remember him. Uh, I think it was during the COVID season yeah. when when yeah, he came yeah. and we talked about uh, some of the racial issues yeah. that we were facing. It you guys, June of 2020. Can you believe that? Wow. That long, it, it doesn't seem that long ago. Oh, it does. Yeah, to <laughs> me, it does. Yeah, this. I mean, March of 2023. I'm obviously reflecting yeah. Yeah. three years ago, like crazy, where huh? we were and all the yeah. things. And so yeah, he was. He came down. He and I did a did that together when we were just online only. Yeah, that's right. And then he came back that fall to teach one Sunday. That's right. Um, Believe it or not, so you know. Again, let's let's reflect here for a second. Sure. Like you guys, I mean, y'all got. If you're listening right now, you know, in 2020, you know, everybody's doing a thousand things that they've never done before. <laughs> right. and, and, and and all of y'all listening, like, yeah, we we were too. Yeah. So I, I did not feel like I should come to anybody at any point during that year and go, "Hey, can you teach this Sunday?" Right. So I just decided. I can. I, I, that's the best way I can. Now, I can't run the technology, but I can get up there and teach. So right. that Sunday that Nick taught that fall was the only Sunday the entire year I didn't teach. Oh wow! Yeah. So for all of 2020, yeah. that was that was the only one I didn't teach. So now you know I teach you know 38, 40 times a year. Sure. You teach quite a bit. Yep. We have other folks teach, but that year that was it. Yeah. So I distinctly remember that weekend <laughs> when Nick taught. <laughs> it was, it was, Adam finally got some rest on that yeah. weekend. That's, so that's awesome. he's a friend of on for us, yeah. and I was grateful that he was able to share, and he did. An awesome job. Yeah, yeah he he, he's just such a good dude. I mean, you know, he walked in on <laughs> Sunday morning. Up, I saw him, came, gave me a big hug, man. Yeah. It's just, it, it feels like you know, old friend. Every time you see him, mm-hmm. so, so he he did a great job, and and I really loved his message on Sunday. I thought it was it was very mm-hmm. applicable, uh, talking a lot about you know trust, and and so we'll we'll start the conversation, and you know, Nick opened up his sermon with an illustration about going skydiving. As a matter of fact, he had a video uh, where he was going skydiving. <laughs> and uh, for, for our, our online viewers, uh, Jonathan, let's let's put that a little bit of that video in here right now where you can see uh, see Nick actually skydiving. I didn't know we could do that. Oh, wow. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the, the yeah, tech so thing. He, yeah. so he, he was well, going. It's funny because the guy's name is Wizard. His yeah, is. Yeah, so <laughs> the gentleman that takes him skydiving, his name is Wizard. I don't he, think he's ever been called a gentleman. Yeah, I yeah. think you might have just said first. The, the individual. <laughs> that, uh, that took, wizard. Yeah, Wizard. wizard. And... Uh, uh, and he and he, he said his whole illustration was that he was trusting Wizard this this guy to get him to the ground safely and the Holy Spirit in that moment kind of whispered to him like how come you're willing to trust your life with this guy you just met but you're not willing you know to trust me with things mm-hmm. and uh, all I could think of is in that moment I would be just going like ah 
realize I'm falling to the ground, but Nick there is having no thinking. conversations <laughs> with the Holy Spirit because he, he's a good guy. So why do you a lot think... Of screaming. That's right. My question for you is, because I think this is a great point, why do you think it can be so difficult for us to trust God when he has proven over and over again to be so faithful? Well, that, there's a lot of reasons. Yeah. I mean, yeah. so we could camp out here for a while, but sure. a few weeks ago when um, we were talking about weathering the storm of our thought life, we were in mm-hmm. Second Corinthians, yeah. and uh, one of the verses we talked about was focusing our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's the foundational reason we have a difficult time with this is because we're too caught up in what we can see. Oh, okay. And so it's hard to focus on what you can't see. So if God is leading you into anything or, or calling you to trust him more or challenging you to move out of your comfort zone, right. there's a number of different ways we could describe this experience. The very nature of that challenge is you can't see how it's going to play out. Right. Yeah. And so it's always safer to just stay where you are and keep doing what you're doing and not go with God and, and not be obedient and all the right. different things. Um, and, and I think it's part of what we have to cultivate in our faith journey is learning how to walk by faith and learning right. how to trust and learning how to focus not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, hmm. to focus on a God who could do immeasurably more than we could ever ask or imagine. Ephesians says, you know, that is our God. Right. Well, that that knowledge of God and that trust is cultivated through a depth of relationship. Right. You know, you mentioned, you know, being married to Christy for 17 years. Right. You thought you loved her when you married her. You know, yeah. that love pales in comparison to the way you feel about her now. That's exactly yeah. right. Yeah. Well, 17 years from now, you'll probably go, yeah, 17 years ago, I thought I loved right. her. Okay. Yeah. So we understand that principle in romantic relationships. And so when you grow in your relationship with Jesus, a byproduct of that growth is trust. Mm-hmm. And so how do I trust God more? Well, learn how to grow closer to God and it will it will come a little bit more second nature to trust him. Okay. If you just try to focus on trusting God and you're not cultivating a relationship, right. that's what actually leads to trust. Yeah. Interesting. And I think it's easy to kind of get our eyes, you know, you talked about unseen versus you can see, you know, to use the illustration we've used recently with this uh, series, the storm, you can see the storm oftentimes, you know, but yet God is unseen. And so I, I really like what you said there. I think that's good. Yeah, I mean, Nick kind of talked, he talked a lot about that, the tangible versus intangible mm-hmm. stuff. So, you know, you're talking about growing your, uh, you know, how do we grow in our faith, though, with these, like, like letting go of the lesser things? Because that's one of his things he was talking about. How do we grow in our faith and trust in God instead of the lesser stuff? So I'm going to start with an answer that probably is not like where most people would start. Okay. But I'll, I'll say start with your calendar. Okay. So okay. Um, so many times what's robbing us from that are the lesser things that are consuming our time. Mm-hmm. So um, the lesser things in our life that rob us from our time are robbing us from our life and mm-hmm. ultimately robbing us from growing in our relationship with God. So, you know, you, you can waste your life away. Mm-hmm. So a really <laughs> good way to start to say, like, where do I start? You know, I don't want the lesser things yeah. to consume me. Keep a time log for a week. Just do it for seven days. <laughs> get you a good old-fashioned notepad, legal pad. Yeah. Don't try to yeah. do this digitally on your phone for Pete's sake. Get a pen. Right. <laughs> and literally, for an entire week, write down everything you do and how long it takes. Oh. Showers, bathrooms, brushing your teeth, feeding the dog, feeding yourself. <laughs> I'm, I'm everything you do, yeah. how long does it take? Yeah. I looked at my phone for an email. That was only 30 seconds. I looked at my phone. Mm-hmm. I watched the show. That was two hours. If you'll do that for a week, and then you sit down, and you look at it, and you read it, and you prayerfully reflect, reflect upon it, let me tell you the word that will consume you. Conviction. Mm. <laughs> conviction. Yeah. You will be convicted. Now I just scared everybody off from doing this, right? <laughs> yeah. And what you will realize is you have all the time in the world. Mm. You have plenty of time that's being consumed by lesser things. Mm. It's going to be difficult to pursue God at a greater level, to pursue a depth of relationship, to even begin to figure out how to move forward and trusting him by faith when your life is literally being robbed from you, not by someone else, but by how you're wasting your time. By yourself. Oh, yeah. yeah. And that's what consumes lesser things. Yeah. Now, so <laughs> and when you start to get a handle on that, you can get proactive. Yeah. You, instead of letting life happen to you, you start happening to life. Yeah. Like you, you are now focusing on the the greater things with yeah. how you live your life, and 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 when you do that, it's amazing how how infrequently you'll have to set an alarm. Mm-hmm. 
like you you'll you'll be fired up to tackle each day yeah. because you're actually doing something with your life. Yeah. And I'm not talking about a job or productivity. I'm talking about purpose. Yeah. And so many times the season of life we're in can rob us from that purpose when quite simply we're the ones that are wasting away just yeah. focusing on we're not even focusing on lesser things. <laughs> we're letting lesser things rob our time from right. us. A lot of mindless stuff too, yeah. like scrolling. Right. Yeah. yeah, I was not expecting that gut punch today, but thank you for that. No, no, <laughs> thanks, it's, thanks, it's, thanks, as, as, as I think about that, yeah, I th- I think you're hundred percent right. And that's going to kind of lead into, uh, into my next question. So Nick's kind of central scripture was from Mark, uh, six, uh, and, and some things that just happened to the disciples. I think John the Baptist had just been beheaded before that. And so Jesus is kind of pulling the disciples away to kind of rest, to to get by themselves. And then in a little bit, he's going to feed the 5,000, but we'll, we'll circle back, you know, around to that. So Jesus is pulling his disciples to him. He's saying, Hey, you know, come to me, you know, you're weary. Let's get some rest. And my question is, what does that look like? Because I understand that we we probably rob ourselves of a lot of time, a lot of rest, all that kind of things. But people do have busy schedules. The world is getting, you know, seems like it's getting crazier all the time. How do we and what does it look like to find rest in the Lord? Dallas Dallas Willard calls it having an easy soul. Okay. That easy your soul. soul is at ease. Okay. That in the midst of activity, you're not busy. The, in the midst of being productive, you're not stressed. Mm-hmm. The, in the midst of being available, you're not stretched too thin. So there, there's this life that we're operating at. You know, I got to be here and I got to do this. I got to go to that meeting. I got to pick up this kid. And, I, mm-hmm. and I'm not suggesting that we, you know, become monks and move away and not sure. do anything. <laughs> sure, okay. Sure. Life is active. Yeah. But what I am saying is you can operate in the midst of that activity with your soul at ease, mm-hmm. with, a, with a contentment, with a peace that passes all understanding is what Philippians right. says. And so that comes from the Lord. And we've all known people like that. Who they get a lot done. They're not lazy, but they're not frantic. Right. They're sure. not stressed. Yeah, sure. They're not short tempered. Yeah. They're not agenda driven. <laughs> they're still people driven. Yeah. You know, so what's yeah. happening there? Well, there's there is a rest that they they've basically said, Okay, Jesus, if that's the offer you're making me, I want to accept that offer. Right. And I and I want to learn that side of you. And I'm gonna learn how to cultivate that rest. Now, part of that easy soul rhythm is taking a Sabbath. Sure. Mm. And so, you know, there there is a rhythm to this. You know, you have to have, you know, a day where you do abstain from productivity being your right. driving force. Right. You know, that that that's part of the culti- cultivating a healthy soul and a healthy heart. And so, um, you know, God said work six and rest one. So I would say start there. Yeah. And if you work seven and rest none, you're not going to have an easy soul. Right. If you work four and rest three, you're not going to have an easy right. soul. <laughs> yeah. You're going to feel that angst of yeah. I'm not doing what right. I probably should be doing. You're right. not cooperating with the rhythm that God's put into place. Yeah. So, yeah, d- there's very much a way to live this life with an easy soul a restful soul, a peaceful soul in the midst of mm-hmm. a whole bunch of productivity yeah. and, you know, to steal from last series, even in the midst of a whole bunch of storms. Yeah. And we have a saying around here, uh, and maybe you can talk about this a little bit, the whole, the idea of with, what is it? Divert day, diverge daily. Is yeah. That what divert it is? daily. Uh, withdrawal weekly and abandon annually. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, this idea of like, make sure that, you know, again, di- Divert a little right. bit from what you're normally doing every day. Make sure that you're taking your Sabbath and then make sure that you're abandoning, you know, annually on a yearly basis. Well, you know, kind of going along with uh, you know, Mark 6, Jesus says, hey, let's go to the other side. Let's let's go to a quiet place, right? So they get over there and then they see these hun- thousands of people. Yeah, they ran ahead of they them. Ran they ahead saw of they were like, getting in a boat. They ran ahead of them. I just kind of picture, you know, this, mo- this right. mob coming over here. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, so he gets over there and it says Jesus has compassion on them. And we're talking about Sabbath. So how do we know, like, he stops everything, he, they're not going to rest, he, he teaches, he feeds them, right? So how do we know when God is calling us to, as Nick kind of put it, uh, trade in co- uh, convenience for inconvenience? How do we know when God's calling us to do that, and then we're just not not resting on a Sabbath because we just want to work? Again, I, I'm, I, I, I think I know, but I mean, you know, what do I know? What do I know? I think most people's life is so haphazard, they wouldn't even know the difference between convenience or inconvenience. Right. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, most just shooting from the hip, making yeah. it up as we go. Yeah. Um, no intentional thought, planning or purpose or intention or focus behind anything. Mm-hmm. So how do you even know 
if you're being inconvenienced. Yeah. Everything right. is inconvenienced. <laughs> right. Everything is last it's minute. Not in my... <laughs> Everything is stressful. Yeah. Everything is, you know, frantic. Yeah. So um, every morning feels like the first day of school. I right. said that to Evergreen, my dog, this morning. I was talking with her after <laughs> Sam and Jacob and Henry walked out of the door. I looked at her and I said, every day feels like the first day of school, doesn't it, Evie? And she nodded. Yeah. And so um, that's not true. Not every day, but today did. Hmm. I don't know if it's because it's the first Monday after time change, but oh, holy yeah, cow, yeah, yeah, yeah. it was that like the first be. day of school. <laughs> yep, yep. So where am I going with all this? I would challenge you to put into place a rhythm for your life that makes sense in the season of life that you're in, yeah. mm-hmm. okay? Toddlers, teenagers, married, single, empty nester. Okay, you figure it out. Yeah. You know, this is this is big boy work. This is big girl work. You figure it out. Sure. Find the rhythm that works for you, and then let the rhythm over time serve you well, and then that rhythm will build in right. convenience, Right. It'll build in healthy habits. It'll build and and then there will be times where like it's noticeably clear all of that's being interrupted right. by right. someone else. Yeah. And when that happens, you re- you recognize it for what it is and you're able to respond accordingly. The only example I can give is Early on in ministry, you know, we decided, Morgan and I, that I was not going to be like an ambulance pastor. Right. And if that offends you, I'm sorry. But, like, I wasn't going to be the pastor that every time there was an emergency, mm-hmm. like, I left the family table and I left the wife and I left the vacation yeah. and I left, you know, to, to go do this and go do that, that we were going to work really hard to put teams in place and put rhythms in place and yeah. put structures in place. And so at every church I've served at, Anytime an emergency has occurred from someone in the church, there's always been immediate care. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that's been me. Sometimes that's been someone else. But because we've worked so hard at that, there's only been, I don't know, a dozen times in 22 years of ministry where there was a clear inconvenience that required my immediate care and attention. And I was able to do it with full on focus and step into that inconvenience with Morgan cheering me on Yeah, with Morgan saying, go meet that need. Because that was a lot of times the the regular rhythm is everything's just out of control. So it's hard to ever discern, is this actually an inconvenience? That's right. And we need to be inconvenienced. Our life is not about our rhythm and our control Mm -hmm. and our schedule. The point of all of that is to actually free you up more. Mm. That the more planning and scheduled mm-hmm. and and rhythms that you have, it actually creates more freedom to be available, right. not right. less. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that when these things pop up, it's like the college student who waits till the last day to ter- to write their term paper mm-hmm. and got the flu. And says the professor, I got the flu. I can't do my paper. And the professor's like, you had 12 weeks right. to do. If you had done the paper earlier on, you would have had the margin to get sick. Right, <laughs> right. exactly. Or the margin right. when someone invited you to go skiing that day to take them yeah. up on the offer. Yeah. So structure builds freedom, which allows you to be inconvenienced. So I would say, you know, the, the question and the context and the story, let's pull back for a second mm-hmm. and see that in the greater context of three years of Jesus' public ministry. Yeah. More often than not, Jesus pushed away the crowds to be with the few. Right. On the whole of his ministry, this story is actually more of an anomaly. Yeah, very unique. Where Jesus is actually in pursuing the crowd instead of spending time with the few. Mm -hmm. So his inconvenience is the crowd. Right. But because this rhythm of investing in the disciples and doing life with the disciples and the the, I mean, we don't even know the amount of time that he spent with the disciples. That, that there was a, a clear rhythm that was being interrupted. So I, I, as you can see, I'm talking about this all day and I probably am, but but there, there's a yeah. lot to this. Yes. Yeah. You know, most of us let life happen to us <clears throat> instead right. of being intentional about the gift of life that we've been given. And if yeah. you'll work on that, you can be inconvenienced and be able to meet needs for yeah. people or yeah. at least help get, get the need the met right. with yeah. someone else. Yeah, yeah. But, but you have your priorities and you've prepared all that's in place yes. so that when it does happen, yeah. you're prepared for the inconvenience. Right. I think right. that's really, really good. Yeah. So, <clears throat> excuse me, shifting gears a little bit here, after Jesus preaches and talks to the 5,000, and we know there's actually way more than just 5,000 because there's also, that's just the men, there's also women and children. Yeah. Jesus looks at his disciples and he says, feed them. And <laughs> the disciples in this moment, like, 
kind of freak out. And I think it's easy for us to kind of throw stones at them going, well, why would you freak well, out? He, yeah, yeah. Nick said he got re- they got really good with the facts. That's right. Really good with the facts. <laughs> I love and, that. And they immediately go like, we don't have enough money. Like, how are we going to do this? Like, it's going to take a long time. All, all of that kind of stuff. And so Jesus is asking them to do this really big task. And even though Jesus knew exactly what he was going to do, he's asking them and they and they kind of they kind of freak out. But they had everything that they needed in Jesus there to accomplish his task. So I guess my question for you is, <clears throat> we probably have someone or multiple someones listening to this podcast right now who feel like God is calling them to something, maybe something in their personal life, something in their work life, and they don't feel like they can't accomplish the task. Maybe they don't feel like they have everything they need for that task. What would you say to that person? Well, you know what's crazy about all this is Jesus looked at his disciples later on and said, hey, it's better for me to leave you. Right, mm-hmm. yeah. And I'm going to send my helper, the Holy Spirit. And so that's who you have right. if you're a Christ follower. And so we would think, man, if I was in a situation, it'd be awesome to look and have Jesus standing right next to me and go, okay, I got Jesus with me. Let's go. Jesus said, nope, it's actually better for me to be seated at the right hand of the right. Father and for the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. to be in you. Yeah. So we have to first start there. Like you, you have the exact same thing the disciples had that day. Okay, you, so you have that. Mm-hmm. And so you're asking me, what would I tell somebody who they think God's calling them to something they don't feel equipped for? They don't feel like they can do it. Okay, well, you need to discern that that's really God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, okay. is that really God? Um, I've been wrong before. Like, I've thought God was leading me into something yeah. and got into it and went, oh boy, I missed God on this one. <laughs> that, that was all yeah, me. <laughs> I missed God on this one. Now, what was the mistake and the principle that I pulled from that? is I can and I can easily and this the specific example I'm thinking of happened when I was in college. Like I, I was I, I was really hoping that God would lead me in a direction that I wanted to go. Sure. So I kind of manipulated the situation. I didn't run it past anybody. <laughs> I had a quiet time and heard clearly from the Lord. That's a bad plan, you know? <laughs> right. So, you know, the 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 discipline now is when I sense that I do have men of God that I run that past. Yeah. And more oftentimes than not, the answer that I get is that's that is probably from the Lord, but the timetable on that probably isn't at all what you want it to be. Yeah, okay, that's, that's what probably yeah. going to be way down the road or right. years from now. Yeah. And I'm like, There's I want it now. Yeah, 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 I'm like yeah, a yeah. two year old. That's where I mess up is the time frame because mm. I'm, I'm like now. Yeah. <laughs> so the, that's the first thing I would tell them. Okay, like Holy Spirit's in you. Mm. Second thing, is this really God? So help me understand how you reached the conclusion that right. God, yeah. well, I had a quiet time this morning. Okay. we got some work to do, but yeah. like I've taken, man. you know, so I ran this I. up the you know, flagpole with some, uh, with some men or women of God. The third thing I would say is what Nick ta- started the message with. What are you holding on to right now mm. that you will have to give up mm. in order yeah. to go? Yeah. So before you tell me what you're not, tell me what you're clinging to. Yeah. Is it a house? Is it a title? Is it a place? Well, what is it? Yeah. You know, um, someone says, I really think I want to serve in ministry as long as it's within two hours of my parents. Well, I, you know, I'm not so sure that's how the New Testament reads. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that part of that is the convenience. We have to release the convenience. Right. We have to. So are you are you willing to are you willing to give something up? Are you willing mm. to sacrifice? Are you Gosh, willing to good. say, OK, so now what is not currently in your life that needs to be in your life in order for you to be faithful to obey what God's telling you to do? Is it something you need to learn? Is it an experience you need to attain? Is it a degree you need to get? Mm -hmm. Is it a job you need to get? Is it, you know, very seldom in life does God, you just move you from A to B. God gives you a picture of where he'd like to take you. And then (laughs) it's quite a journey to actually get to that point. And, um, you know, I'm reminded (laughs) of being at multiple college graduations over the year, multiple high school graduations over the year. You know, and I get it. I mean, no one wants to hear a high school commencement speaker say, three months from now, you're going to be in class again. Like, that that doesn't really inspire anybody. (laughs) But it's it's actually, it's true. It's true, yeah. You're not changing the world right now. (laughs) You're taking the next step. Right. You know, you get out of college, you know, yay, we're we're going into the workforce with all these wonderful ideas. Probably not. You're probably taking the next step in your journey. Right. And so um, that's how most things work. You have a picture of what could be, and now you got to take the next step in your journey to get there. Yeah. And so, yes, if God's leading you to something, all right. Yeah. But um, it will be a journey. 
That's yeah. the only guarantee I can give you is it will be a journey. You won't go from point A to point B, yeah. but but there are some things along the way that you got to be mindful of. That's so fine. hopefully that answers your question. No, no, it does. There's it a lot more does. to it. That's yeah. kind of just my initial thoughts. No, no, know? I think that's I think that's really good. You know, I, I'm, I'm about to ask ask you to speculate here. Right. And so uh, and so uh, going into this, I'm, I'm going to ask you to speculate what Jesus was thinking. And so I understand <laughs> going into it that it's it's a, you know, it's dangerous. We're, we're putting a disclaimer on this. So, you know, Jesus asked the disciples to feed them, and then they they start giving reasons as to why not. What do you think Jesus was wanting from them in that moment? Like, what would the correct response would have been from the disciples in that moment when Jesus says, "Go feed these guys"? And the one they gave. <laughs> oh, I, I don't think there was a correct response. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, I. In fact, I mean, I I would tell you that I think that's exactly what Jesus was was trying to do. Yeah. Okay. Um. So I, I wouldn't necessarily say that there was a failure okay. here. Okay, good. Um, again, these guys are in process of figuring out who Jesus is right. in real time. Mm-hmm. You know, if any of us had been there, you know, I, maybe we would have probably been reacting the same way. Sure. So oh, we, we, we got a lot more information than they had. Yeah. Um, but I will say this. There are some lessons you can only learn through failure. Hmm. There are some lessons you can only learn by realizing you're not adequate. Hmm. You don't have what it takes, despite yeah. what the world tells you. Right. Yeah. You yeah. don't have what it takes. Yeah. You go out on your own without God's guidance, without God's power. You got it all figured out. You're smart and you fall flat on your face. Man, that's a helpful lesson to learn. <laughs> There's other times <laughs> you, you're following God, but you get ahead of God. God's not on your timetable, so you decide to speed the timetable up. Right, yeah. right, right. And all of a sudden, failure. Yeah. There's other times where God's provision isn't happening in the timetable that you need it to happen, and so you try to do something to manufacture that provision. Mm-hmm. And so I think the principle there for us is when you mess up, when you fail, when things don't go the way that you'd hoped they would— those have been some of the most valuable lessons mm, for me over yeah, the learn years. From it. Yeah. yeah. So you can learn lessons from um, success, but you can mm-hmm. also learn lessons from failure. And so I think in many ways, the the sequence of that conversation played out exactly the way it needed to. Mm, that's good. Because God, uh, Jesus knew there was going to be a day where that he would not be around and they would be facing a, a similar situation and he needed them to remember this day. Right. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so, oh, remember. And so I, I think that everything about how Jesus was leading the disciples was super strategic. That's cool. In yeah. preparation for what he knew he had called them to, yeah. they didn't realize what he had called them to. So I think all of these stories, that's the end game. He's preparing them for what's ahead of them. That's good. Yeah. I, I love the little doggy bag. He's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. The, the disciple doggy bag. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's that great. So cool. That was good. Uh, and well, he said he gave him a carb and a protein. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. Well, let's talk about about the boy that gave up, you know, his lunch for to, to feed uh, to feed the people there. It's he he said that God, you know, God doesn't need our help, but then you know that he deliberately restrains his work for us to participate, right? So why do you think that God works like that, where we have to participate and he just doesn't go, oh, well, you don't want to participate? Here you go. I'm going to do it myself. So why do you think he operates that, chooses to operate that way? Well, I do think he operates that way sometimes. Like, okay. I, I don't think God accomplishing his purpose has anything to do with my obedience. Yeah. I don't think God accomplishing <laughs> what he wants to in the river region really has anything to do with Vaughn Forest. Yeah. I think God's going to do what God wants to do. And if we want to get on board, he'll use us. If yeah. we don't, he'll just go right around us you, and find you, a church uh, that will he that will well, yeah, be available you talk about to use. Yourself, that yeah. you use that. Yeah, so I mean, I, I I think God is searching the world, the Old Testament says, yeah. to and fro. Yeah, look to and fro. For those whose hearts are mm-hmm. fully committed, dedicated, loyal to him, yeah. for who he can act on their behalf. Yeah. That's the closest thing to a life verse I have. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of the whole life verse thing, but that's about the closest <laughs> I've got. Okay. I want to be I want to be one of those that's counted among that number. Yeah. That that God stopped mm-hmm. and said, all right, his heart is is given to me. So I would say God is going to do what God wants to do, whether whether we get to be involved in that process yeah. or not. You know, so I think we have to always just remember that. Yeah. Now, why is it that God goes about using us the way that he does use us? And, yeah. and, and what's the purpose behind that? Um, I think a lot of people don't want to give up what they currently have. Mm. Yeah. Um, 
And I love Nick drawing attention to the fact that it's hard for a little kid to give up their lunch. Yeah, Nick and I both shopped in the Husky section as middle school kids. And so we, <laughs> we, uh, you know, we kind of leaned more on the, the heavier side. So yeah, I, I share that. You weren't getting food from me. Ain't yeah, no way. No, right. I'd it's give my you, lunchable. Yeah, I'm going to give you my shirt before I give you my sandwich. And <laughs> I, so I'm not going to give you my cosmic work. brownie, man? Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, man. Now Come now on, now we're talking. We should have a poll of the best little Debbie, kind of all those unhealthy things that we ate in the 80s but um oh, brownies up there it's yeah. it's up oh, there anyway. Look, what are we talking about too? okay so yeah <laughs> giving those things up i don't think that we want to give things up um i also think that it is in all of our nature to focus on what we don't have rather than what we do mm. um you're only required to be faithful and you're only held accountable for what you have not for what you don't have mm-hmm. hmm. so this little boy didn't have a lot yeah. But what he had, he gave to Jesus, and that was all Jesus needed. Yeah. And so, so many times in life we think, well, once I get to a certain income level or once I get to a certain status or once I have a certain amount of influence or once I get married or once yeah. I become a parent, we add a disclaimer to when we will finally be available or release what's in our hands. Yeah. And God says, no, right now, yeah, where you are right now, whatever you've been entrusted with is all I'm asking for, yeah. period. Yeah. And, you know, we follow that principle here as a church. Like, we mm-hmm. we don't focus as leadership in our church on what we don't have. We focus right. on what we do have. Look right. what God has entrusted us with. This yeah. is amazing. Yeah. And so we focus on that. And again, at the conference last week, that was one of the things I focused on with a lot of these pastors. Like, yeah. don't, don't, let's not talk about what you don't have. Let's yeah. talk about what you do have. Yeah. And, and so I think in your life right now, like, what is it that God has entrusted you with? Do you tr- truly see yourself as a steward mm-hmm. or are you so wrapped up and holding on to it so tightly that it's actually become an obstacle mm-hmm. to keep you from moving forward? Yeah. Here's the only thing I know. When God calls you to move forward, you always have to give something up. Yep. Mm. You always have to give something up. Yep. Sometimes it's safety. Sometimes it's comfort. Sometimes it's position. Sometimes it's influence. Sometimes it's it's proximity to family. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's income. Sometimes it's a car you really like. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's having to move away from your favorite sports team, heaven yeah. forbid. But like anytime, <laughs> like there will be a cost. Right. If God moves you forward, yeah. it will cost it co- it'll cost you friendships, yeah. mm. relationships. Um, people will say things about you that aren't true. Right. Yeah. So that's what like that's what this is. Yeah. And and uh, that's a long list I just rattled off. Mm-hmm. No wonder most people go, good. I'm, I'm out. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I was good until that. Just yeah. stay, yep, yeah. right here, I was Lord. good until the sports I'll team. I'll keep I was my, like... my fish and my loaves in my pocket, yeah. And, yeah. and we'll just go to church on Sundays. Yeah. So that, that that's yeah. why. Yeah. He could have just kept quiet, right? Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. why it's hard for a lot of people to go, okay, because now, yeah. guess what? Surprise, surprise, surprise. Yeah, it right. actually gets harder. Yeah. It's, it's going to be harder. No, that's really good. So I, I really liked how Nick said that uh Jesus satisfied their souls and then their bellies. So he taught them and then and then he fed them. And uh, it, this was a very practical thing that he did here in, in serving them. And, you know, it's one of our core values here at Vaughn Forest Church, serving with no strings attached. So can we talk about the importance of practically serving those around us? What does that look like for us kind of in our everyday lives? Like we have these big service projects we do as a church, but just daily, what can that look like? Yeah, um, yeah, I, I think that this is probably an opportunity to talk about global poverty. Um, okay, probably what probably wasn't what you were asking for, <laughs> but um, no, it was exactly. I what think it it's the. I think it's. Um, I think it's tough to accept that here we are in 2023 and, and global poverty. And when I talk about global poverty, I'm talking about global poverty that keeps people from being able to have food. Right. Yeah. That we're still there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For as much progress as we've obtained as societies and cultures and nations and different things. Um, but for most of the world, that's their reality. Mm. So that's why our family, we, we sponsor you know three boys. They're all the same age as Henry, and they all live in the same village in Peru. I was trying to get down there to see him in May, and unfortunately, there's been a lot of insurrectionists in Peru that are taking over the airports. Oh, really? And so it's not really the best time to travel to Peru, and Compassion is actually not sponsoring any trips to Peru. I've been on the phone with them over the last month trying to convince them otherwise, but they've pretty much said, (laughs) yeah. um, We've talked to a couple of folks that we have contacts with and other mission organizations in Peru, and so I'll get down there to see him eventually. But I know they're getting fed each month. Yeah. 
through compassion. Yeah, that's right. So one of the reasons I'm so passionate about Compassion International is they are meeting the most basic needs that exist globally, and they're doing it through a local church. So when these three little boys that we sponsor, and our church sponsored close to 200 kids in the mm-hmm. same village yep. you know, um, a year and a half ago, yeah. when, when you're fed there, when you're given clothes, when you're educated, and the local church becomes the center of all of these things, it opens up your heart to Jesus a lot more. Mm-hmm. It's difficult for someone to receive the good news of the message when they're dealing with hunger pains. Yeah, yeah. And right. so when Jesus feeds their soul and their bellies, there's a real principle there for us that, you know, when we think about how do we take the gospel to the ends of the earth, there's a lot of people in the earth right now that the good news of the gospel message is the last thing on their mind because they're starving. Mm-hmm. And so we've got to we've got to figure out, and you know, it's one of the reasons again I'm so passionate about the next generation, I think they'll figure it out. I think that the next generation are the ones that like understand how to leverage technology and raise funds and start this business and do all this and figure out that. And Hey, what happens with the food that gets expired in grocery stores, even though technically we could probably still eat it, but the FDA, but, and they start thinking and they start distributing. So like, I have great hope in that, but let me then say this, everything I just described exists in Montgomery County. You don't have to go to Peru. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. I've walked some of the streets in Montgomery County that the houses have no utilities. They have no running water. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't know where their next meal is going to come from. And it's very real, and it's in our community. Yeah. Um, you know, I've, I was in a meeting with the superintendent of our Pike Road schools and talking about the number of kids just in our Pike Road schools that are on government-sponsored meals. And so there are real needs all around us that I believe part of being a Christ follower is that we've been called to meet people where they're at. Mm. Jesus says, if you give a cup of cold water in my name, so, hey, here's your meal, here's water. Now let's here's clothing, here's school supplies, mm-hmm. here okay, now let's start talking about Jesus. But but there's a big principle there mm-hmm. that you've got to meet people where they're at. And for some people, the need isn't how to have a better marriage. The need isn't how to lead yeah. your teenage kids. Right. The need right. is I, I'm need hungry. Food. I'm right. hungry. Yeah. And so we have that need here locally, which is why, again, reality and truth. We right. go downtown yeah. uh, once a month on Tuesday nights. We partner with, like I mentioned, with Pastor Ken Austin and Mercy House and some of the other things that we do. And then obviously globally, we're trying to make a difference there yeah, as well. Yeah. And we've got the trip to Mexico where we build house. And so, yeah. you know, we're again, we're one little church, but we're not going to ever let that be our reason for not doing something. Right. Right. We're, we're yeah. just one little church. Is it really going to make a big difference? Yeah. Of course, it's going to make a big yeah, difference because right. it's what we've been called to do. Right. And so we're going to step into that. But oh, yeah, the, the, don't miss the principle there that they left full. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think that that's part of what it looks like for us to be Christ followers as well. That's yeah. good. Well, you know, ultimately Nick's message was about surrendering—that we sur- surrender our lives, all we have to Jesus, and all um, all we are to Jesus. Um, and then he made a point. That he said that Jesus did that for us first. Um, so let's talk about what that looks like to live a life fully surrendered to Jesus. Well, you're not going to do it. I mean, one of the... <laughs> the wow. The, Thanks, Adam. One of the greatest lies that was ever penned in the hymn book is I Surrender All. Oh, but it's a great song. It's a fantastic <laughs> song. It's just a lie. Shots fired. Um, I like it. It's just a lie. It, um, actually, because of what Jesus did, yeah. um, that's not even a requirement. Mm. So, yeah. you know, you're saved by grace through faith. Yeah. J- Jesus, you know, surrendering all biblically is I am giving up. I can't get to God. I'm surrendering my life. Yeah. And so that's the point of the song, yeah, which yeah, is why yeah. we sang it in the invitation in the church I grew up. Cause yeah. that's right. when people got saved. Yeah. yeah. People got, a lot of people got saved with that. As long as we're talking about the song that way, yeah. good to go. Okay. The moment we apply that that's song to our sanctification, yeah. not so much. Okay. Um, I hold on to areas of my life every single day. Yeah. And so do you, and so do you, and yeah. so does everybody listening. And so our sanctification is the process of relinquishing control of our yeah. entire the entirety of our life. That Jesus saves our life, and then we try to recapture it one day at a time back from him. <laughs> 
And mm-hmm. so the the idea that all areas of my life are surrendered to Jesus at all times is actually not true, and that should produce brokenness and conviction of my life. Mm-hmm. That the person who purchased my life, in some way, I'm now saying I can actually lead that, manage that better than you can, Jesus, <laughs> or I'm going to let the sin of my past keep me from moving forward, yeah. which is basically then looking at Jesus on the cross and saying it's not good enough. Mm. Wow. So th- there's this dynamic of surrender that occurs at salvation, yeah. and then this process of continuing to surrender yeah. one day yeah. at a time yeah. and not letting yesterday's victories be enough for today, yeah. this constant surrender. And then one day in our resurrected bodies, we will be fully surrendered yeah. to God for all of eternity. But um, the reason why that matters so much, someone says, that's great. You sounds like you're just preaching the Bible. Like, Why? Why? What's the point? Like, wh- why does that matter? Yeah. Because it's only through a life of surrender that you experience freedom. Yeah. So you were rescued and redeemed and saved so that you could experience freedom from sin. Mm-hmm. You were enslaved to sin. Right. Surrender is the only way you move further and further away mm-hmm. from that enslavement, yeah. the yeah. old sin nature. And so the benefit for you listening is nothing about your life can control your life. Because you've surrendered your life to Jesus, yeah. your past, a particular substance, mm. thoughts, you know, other people's opinions. Yeah. Like, let's just go through the categories yeah. of all of the things that typically control our lives. Yeah, a fully life surrendered. In fact, it was um, it was Moody who said, uh, D.L. Moody said, the world has yet to see what could happen with a life fully surrendered to God. Yeah. And so, like, that he, he got it. He's yeah. like, you know, we yeah. have not yet seen what yeah. God could do through a fully surrendered person, and. My kind of pushback to D.L. Moody, which who am I to push back to D.L. Moody, would be, well, we saw that through his son. Yeah, right. Jesus. Yes, we, yeah, but, I was about to say that. But yeah, so I think it's a good discussion. Maybe at some point we can even unpack further between the the justification that occurs at salvation through surrender yeah. and then the ongoing sanctification of daily surrendering. For you. Yeah, yeah, through That's the power good. of the Holy Spirit yeah. and what that looks like and the process that that entails. Yes. And that in and of itself is really what discipleship is. Discipleship right. isn't a class you attend. Discipleship <laughs> right. is the ongoing process of surrender. <laughs> right. So yeah, it, it's not easy. It's work. It's like, and that too. And, and that yeah. yeah, too. Yeah. How about no, that no, area? No, How about that? that? No, 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 I'm keeping that. that was, no, that's no, good no. you gave that one now this yeah, one. Now yeah, now about this, yeah. So, Constantly letting go. That's, yeah. that's good. I like so, that. Uh, if you like the song, I Surrender All, I hope I didn't offend you. But I was trying. It's <laughs> I was kind we're getting of, towards the end of the podcast. People start nodding off. They're running off the road. <laughs> I needed to jar him yeah, a little yeah, bit. I had to wake him up. You jarred him, him a back. little bit, yeah. man. Yeah. <laughs> I jarred Matt. Yeah. Sorry, like, Matt. Wait, what? Yeah. Well, that is, that is a good place Matt's for us like, to... We're doing it this Sunday. We're doing it this Sunday and every Sunday. There you go. <clears throat> that is a good place for us to kind of wrap up the podcast today. I, I, I thought this was a great conversation. Again, yeah. Nick did an incredible job this past yeah. Sunday, and uh, appreciate you kind of shining a little bit more light on uh, on what he said, giving us some commentary yeah. on, uh, on what he preached on. Can we do a 30-second preview of Sunday? I would love that. All right, we're kicking off a new series called Broken Crowns. We stole the title from a book written by Pastor Chris Bell yep. down in good old Mobile, Alabama. Three Circle? Three Circle yeah, Church. Yeah. And so he wrote this book, I don't know, four or five years ago about Old Testament kings. Yeah, and we typically know like the the headliners, you know, yeah. Saul, right, David, right, yeah. Solomon, but there's some other guys, and so we're just going to take a few weeks and talk about some of these other guys from the Old Testament and some of the lessons, the good lessons, some yeah. of the bad lessons. Mm-hmm. So we'll spend a little time in the Old Testament, talk okay. about some Old Testament kings. Yeah. It's going to be fun, It'll be good, be yeah, a good series, yeah. Like and we're that. not just going to read Chris's book to you, like we're gonna, <laughs> we're, we're actually going to teach the Bible. It's good, but yeah. when we find a good title from a book, we will yeah. rip it off oh, so fast you won't know what happened, and yeah. they'll tell you to buy his book to support his ministry and feed his children. That's exactly right. <laughs> so that'll be this Sunday, 9.30 and 11 o'clock. Yeah. Uh, join us here on campus. Lots of great things happening. I yeah. know we got a couple of baptisms lined up for the Sunday as well. Yeah. Should be Worship's going to be fantastic as always, so yeah. looking forward to, we'll to a great Sunday we'll here at Vaughn we'll Forest we'll Church. I surrender all. That's right. <laughs> if uh, if for some reason you cannot join us, you can always join us online at, uh, at VaughnForest.com at 9.30 and 11 a.m. So we appreciate you joining us for this episode of the Other Six Podcast. On behalf of Adam Bishop, Matt Collins, Sound Guy Jonathan, and myself, we will catch you guys next time. Next time.